but I have very important information. Everybody's got a different And we view. need to talk face to face. And that began a series of, he talked for a while, and then a week later, I got a communication in email. They blew up my phone after our last conversation. And I've learned that apparently the intel agencies, as marks of intimidation or trying to keep their troops in line, that they do have a way of sending a signal that goes in and fries uh, phones. And they can do it on purpose. And they can do it to mine easily. So far, they haven't. All of this led, eventually, he sent me a DD-214, he sent me other records. I always try to ask for DD-214s from anybody who comes to me who says they have a military background. And it doesn't mean that I use their names if they need anonymity, but the one thing that every reporter on this planet should be doing with military is asking for DD-214s in the United States, because what it does, even if you opaque out huge sections having to do with any kind of personal knowledge, you are left with dates and times of assignments and locations. And I have seen DD-214s that completely contradicted what people have said, but mostly I have seen DD-214s that support and ver seem to verify what the person is talking about. And this particular DD-214, based on what he had told me about his background, it seemed to me somewhat supportive. Well, here screen, is the part. This screen, All of this is, which is in a background story. Right? But she looked like she'd be in I'm traveling. Like you're at a movie theater. I've been in 26 planes since the end of December. I was traveling, and I have a lot of people now walk up to me in an airport. Ancient aliens! <laughs> No, what's going on? I've even had people Why in Homeland Security when I can't get my purse. Ancient aliens, I'll help you. <laughs> and something like that happened, but quietly. And now I am standing facing the person on the other end of those that phone call. And we spent um, time in the airport. Fortunately, had a relatively long layover and if you are very familiar with the William Mills Tompkins reptilians are trying to annihilate blondes, blondes are trying to annihilate reptiles and that the gray Ebens play a different role and that this has been going on for millions of years and that the complexity of the war is really incomprehensible to most human minds. As it has been explained to me, the blondes and the reptilians started making cloned bodies. The blondes would make reptilian bodies and somehow move life force control into the reptilian bodies, knowing that they were controlled by the blondes. She pointed at herself. The blondes have technology that they can point at any human body and know what's in them. And the reptilian
reptilians did the same, only they made blonde bodies and they inhabited and controlled. And that the Ebens, the ones with the pear-shaped heads, not the pointed chin, the pear-shaped heads, they came into this apparently with a different geopolitical territorial goal. She actually drew it. So she's that we have had a three-sided conflict going on in this planet for a very, very long time. You do. You can So with that as context, what this person in the airport told me was that he had done subcontract work for agencies having to do with this secret war of aliens on the planet, but specifically what's happening in Antarctica. And this is the part that has haunted me since I talked with him face to face. I can't prove it, but I think it's worth sharing to this audience to think about. And if anybody in this audience has any knowledge that relates to what I'm next going to say, and you want me to know something, and you want to protect your identity, uh, as to my knowledge, I have never betrayed a request for anonymity in my uh, 40 years of working as a reporter and TV producer. I, I really mean that. Really? You don't mean that. This is what he said. Her hands were stressing as she was doing that. Part of the reason he was right. coming forward I'm and that others wanted to is their frustration of having knowledge that for the last 15 years, that would be back to 2001 or 2002, depending on where you start. Very close to 9-11, right? No, that the United can't. States was sending yeah. in the months in which you can go to Antarctica. They were sending teams that were going in to remove bodies, remove hieroglyphics, remove stones, remove sculptures, so that eventually, if they ever brought the public's attention to there, it would have been cleaned of an immense amount of history. And I remember, as he said these words standing to me, I, I felt a kind of pain in the sense that the disconnect between what I thought I was for the evolution of my life, an American citizen on a planet in which we were in a government of, by, and for the people dedicated to a democracy that meant that the people are the ones who should be getting the information from the government that should be serving us. And that we are now having rubbed in our faces all of the time that we serve the government and that the government is classifying, categorizing, withholding. Now we've got eight trillion black dollars that no one can account for in the nine. It keeps going up. And the idea that there would be a strategy by intel, counter-intel layers in the United States government that would deny us knowing in Antarctica that if it's 2,000 
feet down to Lake Vostok or any other entrance. As I understand, there is another one is at Vostok? Pole or near the latitude longitude zero of Pole. And it is a supposed to be a constructed ramp, 300 feet at least in diameter, going down on a slant to where there is archaeology, pyramids, buildings with construction they don't understand. And that for 15 years and counting, they are, where are they taking that? They're putting them in, what, C-130s and larger transports and taking them to Wright-Patterson, Area 51, all of the places that they have hidden extraterrestrial bodies, all kinds of non-human technology. And now we're going to be taking archaeology from Antarctica into these same places that we have been hiding, hiding, hiding since World War II from the American public and the world that we're not alone in this universe and that there are all kinds of very advanced technologies that we have been trying to back engineer. In the world. Now, when I went to Google, I asked the question, when was the last date that Antarctica was free of ice. When you do that search, <laughs> you will find that you get a whole, just goes on and on, uh. and that there is no consensus, but there is at least a tiny bit of agreement that it might have been 13 million years ago. And as soon as you see 13 million years, and you think of the implications that in the 21st century, that somebody is saying that there is a United States government program that has been ongoing for 15 years in Antarctica to remove archaeology that could be 13 million years old. So that what? So that they can perpetuate an Atlas in Wonderland wow. fantasy. Oh, that somehow we're now going to be forced by exclusion of facts, we're going to be forced into the next step about life in the universe, and it's probably going to come from exoplanets, the fast radio burst, something that's far away. However, I understand tonight, maybe on George Knapp, I'm not sure, that Tom DeLong, <laughs> who has done the Secret Machines books and the brilliant researcher and writer, uh, Michael, can you stand up? Peter. Uh, Peter. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm tired. Peter Lavenda. Yes. Let me, let me bring him up. He's another person. Wherever that series is going, Peter has been trying to deal with the nonfiction historic side and one of the areas that may or may not tie into this archaeology if it is in fact being salted and removed is what happened in World War II with Hitler's obsession of having tall blue-eyed blondes be the dominant controlling force on planet Earth and the elimination of the Hebrews. And at its simplest it's very, this is very disturbing content, I understand. But I really, really think we have got to face some of the, this instead of always walking away from it. 
The implication of World War II, if in fact it was, as William Mills Tompkins said to me, and it was on Coast to Coast in my interview, World War II was an extraterrestrial war fought by extraterrestrials and defines the extraterrestrials as the reptilians versus the Nordic blondes. Hmm. You can hear it. Go to, go to my news website, earthfiles.com. Just see, search remember, William Mills Tompkins and listen to the two parts that I have there from a uh, few months ago I saw of the I interview with him um, about his work in the Navy and right. his but statements that a lot of people want to say this sounds crazy. But Bob Wood... I remember this shit, just put this shit on fucking TV. You know, technology back then wasn't shit, so what you saw on the TV and with them broadcasting what was actually going on there, I visually remember seeing that shit. So, you know, I guess we can pick up the fucking North Pole. Now we want to take the fucking, you know, South Pole and Antarctica and all the other bullshit. But I vividly remember seeing that shit. So we go to Antarctica. We go even further. And then, like, boom. You imagine 200 miles if World high. War II Ice wall. was an extraterrestrial war fought through human bodies on Earth. <laughs> and if Hitler's goal like, really? was to populate the here. planet with tall blue and eliminate the Hebrews, you can start filling in the blanks yourself about who in this extraterrestrial war would be related to to the Hebrews versus the Nordics. I like climb the fucking beast off. No one has answered outside of David and Corey talking about the out of mines ADA and YTES that many of you have seen the illustrations. I've never heard of them before. I ask this face-to-face whistleblower contacting you know anything about these atomites. He said no. I said, well, what are the bodies like in the archaeology? And he said, that is the single most sensitive part. And he said, I've seen hieroglyphs. I've seen a pyramid. And he was telling me what he had seen in photographs. But the bodies they are keeping even from the people who are involved. Mm. It's like a whole different world. This shit is not broadcasted on TV. The show game. What the fuck she talking about is not. That is literally an idiot box. You got all the information right here in front of you. But reptiles you really and blondes. Just like the fucking shit that's going into reptiles. They talking to you. Maybe the they telling you what the fuck is going on. While they showing you the most stupid shit that makes no sense. Then the government what you see doesn't make fucking sense. What I say <laughs> means this. But you're not paying attention to what I'm saying. Because you looking at this shit over here. Because they don't want us to know what. Why do you think they say? Why do you think uh, they say? I would believe uh, half of what you hear and none of what you see. And you can ask that singular <laughs> question: Who are Cro-Magnon right. Homo sapiens? Ooh, and I think that you are really the hearers of the quicksand, which is my workshop tomorrow. Okay. What are they doing? Well, that was yes, your first do. question. <laughs> now I know why well, people aren't standing here. <laughs> it's yeah. supposed to be conversations with yeah. Linda. So I know it's great. You give people knowledge. I see the lights going on. You see, you see, you see these actions over here, which ain't going to fuck what I'm actually telling you. Did you have? Did you finish that question? Yeah, that's fine. 
there's way more, but this oh. is fine. Go on to it. Okay, go ahead. Thank you, dear Alan. So like many people, I'm probably confused because there's so much information out there. So if, the, if Google is telling us that Antarctica has been frozen for 13 million years, give or take. 13, million, yeah. Now, this whole million. little section of me not and saying anything. We had she was jumping from Corey and, and Bill Tom, I think Bill Tompkins, I'm not. And she's doing it now. She's just jumping around. Uh, beings from Mars and who actually came right from on, on, on the, the planet that exploded that's in the Kuiper belt or the asteroid belt then went to the moon and then some of them came here 500,000 years ago and crash landed on Antarctica where apparently the ancient builder race was well, I'm going all the way around and the builder race is supposed I do, I do. you had to check yeah. this out then, you know, I guess there were several twitching. crashes there she is and twitching. vehicles but then 12,000 years ago so we had the big flood she which turned she Antarctica from what I understand her facial expression and her body access, if a comment crashed here or however it happened like, where do right, we get micro, uh, is, is, is Google she or the scientists correct in saying that Antarctica has been ice for 13 million years or is that incorrect information and Antarctica has indeed only been ice for finger. the last 12,000 years, that's my question mm -hmm. thank you, I understand no, and I understand no, but look at how it's moving uh, though, in your mind's eyes right it's now, kind of curving just and try to look, like a snake at a globe in your mind like and a, then there's a, a northern hemisphere look at it an e equator and a southern hemisphere See it? it's like it's bending everything like I know a tail. from uh, the scientists at the University of Arizona in Tucson now, who did the very watch first all of papers this on and this and have done subsequent follow-ups up, with them all down the micro and they are uh, at least they need to be acknowledged as the first who reported the nano diamond and the black mat, carbon mat in North America, covering millions of square miles. And from a, from their data, they concluded that whatever happened, it was approximately 11,500 years ago, which is that period of time when the saber-toothed tigers ended up, they've got skeletons where the spine of saber-toothed tigers, huge, literally were twisted 180 degrees. Yes, the mastodons were found with buttercups in their mouth, which would mean they were flash frozen. This happened extremely rapidly, whatever did happen. 33 mammal species went extinct in that event approximately 11,500 years ago. And the residue in all of this black mat, which is about three to five inches in various places where they have gone, I've looked at photographs of the black mat even in hard rock layers, and that the black mat is filled with nanodiamonds, everywhere nanodiamonds. We're talking about things you have to see with a microscope. But the carbon diamond can only have been made at a certain pressure and temperature, and the scientists work backwards from that, and they come out with a hypothesis that they have published two versions of and say that they think that it was a swarm of comets, and that the swarm of comets coming in had an angle into the northern hemisphere 
of this planet. Now, I just came from the panel <laughs> with David anyway? and Brian Forrester and Andrew Collins Mango and Mike Barra, and we were, this is part of what we were talking about over there. Uh, Andrew Collins says that he has information that they have gone beyond the original <laughs> science that said the, the impact 11,500 years no, ago when Gobekli Tepe was also being covered <laughs> right. at Gobekli Tepe. Well, the scientists have been yeah, looking for examples that this was global. They couldn't find it. Andrew says that they now have evidence in Belgium and some other places that would suggest at least the northern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere was affected by something that came in with heat and pressure and speed, but that its impact is in North America and maybe that the Great Lakes are ground zero. The southern hemisphere is not in this story, except that some people have suggested that whatever hit the northern hemisphere hard enough to do all of this in the northern hemisphere may have literally tilted the earth in some That's way crazy. off its axis. My intuition of having covered so much in science my entire career is I don't think that makes sense. But I'm now personally going to do more investigations with people about the idea that there could have been any adjustment to the tilt of an entire planetary mass by comets hitting, even if it was all of North, the Northern Hemisphere. I don't know what the physics and the physicists and the geophysicists and the geologists would say about that, but let's just throw it out. We just discussed that over in the amphitheater. And you can see that if 11,500 years ago, even if the Northern Hemisphere was impacted with all of this, and it's the gases and the elements that were in these comets that caught fire in the atmosphere as they came down, is the hypothesis that created this black mat. Antarctica is not in that scenario. So it's a big leap for me to think that whatever was happening in the northern hemisphere, that it could have done any massive or total melt of Antarctica. So in all hypotheses, you've got to find that some kind of fact can, can support all of it. So let's say right now today, for the sake of this discussion, so we don't get off track, the flood that is hypothesized to have raised water 300 feet, and there's no argument about that whatsoever. Mm -hmm. There are right all now. kinds of archaeology at the Black Sea and various places that say shit, X right? number of years ago the, the waters were 300 feet symbols. higher. This shit right but here. If it is tied into right 11,500, I'd have to take a screenshot to see what that is. Tepe, I'm just saying, but this is this is the kind of power. Years ago, 13,000. Her, her seat is brown, which is just and maybe it no was color. covered up because it she, is she, alien. She's the it was she's providing the something for mm -hmm. an alien intelligence, and it she is knew literally that all of these comments of these were coming in, and it didn't want. 
See, that's what I'm saying. Two chairs on the side of her when this is all about her. The camera threw it off. The idea that well, when they pan the camera, it's like, look, you can see where her hands are. The camera threw it off. Yeah, it does. From this event in the northern hemisphere, but she talking to this person on the left, which is actually on her right. So she's talking to the person on the right. Tilted, and that the environment changed. Uh-huh. But until there is something heavier in, in data and science to what? explain that, How we know? I think that we need to just look at it as a northern Visual. hemisphere yeah, event, and that the northern hemisphere may, may have had something in melting in the Arctic and the regions that this, this would have occurred in the Northern Hemisphere and there might have been a change in water levels. I know that oh, doesn't shit. match or explain the Noah that. story about the 40 so days of rain. And if it know. is literal, the rest I don't know that anybody has a bottom line explanation for Noah on the 40 days of water. But I would like to throw out to wonder, you a this, question that has been in my mind ever since this is what we, can tell we started thinking about the ancient <laughs> texts and put uh, some of this in my third book, Glimpses of Other Realities, High Strangeness, and that was this. In the, uh, we'll call it the Christian Bible, there are these lists that go from, uh, that include Abraham and uh, the oldest Methuselah down to Noah in terms of the length of years they lived. And if I recall, Methuselah was something like 948 years and Noah was something like 430. Don't hold me to specific numbers, but it was something sure, like that. And that if whatever this event was, that Noah gets communication that there's going to be some kind of a flood and he's got to build this ark all of us i think in this room would say he never built something and took all the animals of the planet onto it so that's all but we're dealing in an extraterrestrial biological entity category when it comes to knowledge from human abductees and even from government whistleblowers that the We'll call them EBAs or extraterrestrials, maybe even other dimensionals. I'm not necessarily anymore thinking of everything has got to be from inside this universe. But that there are other intelligences and that when it comes to the issue of genetic manipulation, hmm. geopolitical territory inside of galaxies that William Mills Tompkins is talking about all the time, that there are whole areas of the uh, Draco constellation that are claimed by uh, some form of reptilian and that there are other parts of the galaxy and beyond that are claimed by others. Then you get to this issue they of these space wars, these galactic right? wars. What are the territorial battles the trying about? They already know, Why but they control us because they need to know more than, 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 uh, type they know now. So, because a we now know we are not the only fucking thing that something actually has made us. Now we still have to go fuck up. And we must be right here by water. Water. And this is what so I want you to do. And <laughs> that <laughs> the saving of life may have been an interpretation <laughs> of what we, 
So we need some of these motherfuckers. That non-humans have been doing for a very long time. The guys don't take how many of them leave. Collecting sperm, collecting eggs, creating hybrids. So much of the alien focus on this planet seems to be like we're on a planet that is looked at as a laboratory. Biodiversity, abundant life, and water, and that. Many yeah, different species day, are using you know, this planet like a laboratory, like a supermarket, collecting genetic material, mixing and matching, and making whatever they want. One man who worked for the Defense Intelligence Agency and retired back in 1999 told me, he said, Linda, there I mean, you can't say people die, because the same rate that people die, it's a mortal rate that motherfuckers are born. Okay, so, I already told you. <laughs> there is this week. What? Like, for real. I'm not even going to that shit, Ralph. No, for real. And, and his wife. <laughs> and his kids. How, how and some it? form of harvested and, and genetic yeah, material what? from life on this planet. And maybe People he's are willing and happily coming to you to let you inject them with this poison. But if it were literally know, right? true, now follow <laughs> yeah, me on look, this because I really think this is important. <laughs> let me spray the air. If, if, if the Jehovah character comes down to Noah, this trainer flew was more, and everything from more aggressive than it was last year, is supposed to be but the reconstituted hey, human species. What the fuck are they doing? They inoculate you. Where quote unquote 60 dead virus, wherever it was, <laughs> right into so, a live object to fight my first a live virus. Like that is unfair. If we ever get it. how the fuck that? Oh, he come and why, if it were literally true, I'm bring him to the podcast. Why would <laughs> you know, the creation be right. <laughs> essentially into Drosophila flies? The way we do in labs, we use Drosophila flies to study genes because what? Their life cycle goes around and around and around so rapidly. So, they knock the life down, the life expectancy of Noah down, and the Bible itself says every human on this planet is from Noah. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line implication if you took it. Literally. So if the Homo sapiens sapien and Neanderthalensis before us, depending upon, I'm assuming that it's okay to say that the crossover between Neanderthalensis and Cro-Magnon Homo sapiens sapien was about 40,000 years ago. But this little shit right here is perfect. It is even puzzling when you look at what we now know about Neanderthals. I mean, they were that was, robust. That was genetic shit. Their cubic size inside of their brain skull is bigger than One ours today. Pure blood. We now know All from the studies on the that they buried their dead. Say, they put flowers blood. on the graves of but, their dead because them. they found the various pollens from flowers. Who made the decision to replace Neanderthalensis with Cro-Magnon Homo sapiens sapiens so abruptly? About 40,000 years ago. And then, who 11,500 years ago, when Gobekli Tepe was buried, 
on a planet that maybe was inhabited by one or two or three non-human civilizations for reasons that had to do with harvesting metals, uh, manipulating uh, all kinds of things on this planet for reasons that are not clear. It was accepted back then. Everybody Why knew that man was doing what he was doing, right? Would was that accepted. whole story, that in terms of so-called biblical literature, wow. come down to one human called Noah, who goes from 430 years on one side of the flood, and we come out the other, somewhere around 30, 40, 50, 60, because they really died young then. It seems to me that that story alone, the Noah flood really story, is like the laboratory the where they're through with one thing and they want to do something else for reasons that we don't fully understand. And if all of it is a legacy of the Anunnaki as an extraterrestrial presence way further back, <laughs> and, we, and if it is true that the Anunnaki fought over everything, family, Enlil, Inki, and all that they were surrounded by, and that they nuked each other. That's the story in this new book by Chris Hardy. The Wars of the Anunnaki, a nuclear self-destruction in Samaria. And why, why do she and others uh, John Brandenburg, the physicist at Berkeley who has uh, presented a paper about uh, hydrogen blasts on Mars last fall. I know, but she, why when she, when, why she's having a conversation, you pay attention. She's, to arguing that there she's talking like she's in the middle atomic blasts like the chair on the Earth. Bar, it is right? because six places on earlier, Earth she was leaning to this the side. Trinity site now she's le leaning we, uh, to this side. Had the first atomic and she's bomb talking tests. about you like go west of you Egypt, were having Pakistan, a conversation with a parts of India, there are areas of the Sahara Desert, that has nothing and to there do is Trinitite, which is right. even though she's talking, she's talking about sand, but she is literally talking something to the like to, the to, atomic no, not bomb. to the audience. She's Why talking. Why would they exist? Well, in her book, to she says it was because the Anunnaki went so far as to nuke each other in family wars, and they it's allegedly like she's an made Homo sapiens sapiens. And it's conversation that is actually happening just the other two motherfuckers not there to fucking make them bark over this shit. I don't have all the answers, but I'm laying out to you now the things that I actually am concerned and think about. So. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. You see Next what I'm saying? Question. She is, she is talk, she's talking to Kelly. Right, I'm which a little is nervous, Linda, so please bear with me. First of all, I'm talking to be nervous to about. I am a humble reporter. reporter. Yes, That's I shit. Else. Why is she? I appreciate that. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I never miss an episode of Coast to Coast that you're on, so uh, this is That's really an honor. I appreciate it. I hope I'm not changing the subject too much, um, but I just have a quick question about your uh, presentation on Friday in regards to the metal parts that were allegedly from yeah. Roswell that see were that, sent see, to see how she um, Art Bell in the mid-90s. And just a quick question, I was just wondering if there were any efforts or Look, if you had that? any plans she or can't be, uh, she, uh, ideas to um, maybe get those results uh, analyzed further or analyzed again see? to maybe hopefully replicate some of the anomalous um, isotopic she can't be, um, ratio results that, that you saw. What? I also oh. heard Jacques Vallée earlier this you weekend. He's kind of talking along the same lines. The whole body line, just so jumped right there. Pretty interesting, but, um, like she had a fucking hiccup or some shit. Me, but would you be willing 
to have him take a piece. I said, absolutely. But remember, you guys, I did isotopic ratio on the magnesium, and there are only three elements. Pure bismuth, they haven't found anything else in the black layers except pure bismuth. And then in that magnesium zinc layer, 96, 97% magnesium and the rest zinc, when we did the isotopic ratio analysis, I, uh, it cost, as I recall, it was 850 or $60 to do that in an Ardenai split that cost. And I went to the Carnegie Institute in Washington, D.C., a man named Eric Howry, H-A-U-R-I. He was the ion probe technician. And we worked together for seven, maybe eight hours. It was really long. And I had uh, a slice that he put into this cage that goes into the ion microprobe. And I remember that Eric Howery was first surprised that there was no lead in the bismuth layer at all, which on the periodic table, lead and bismuth are right next to each other, and he expected to find a little lead. They were pure. And then when he went to the magnesium zinc, we found that there was 11% more magnesium 24 in the layers of this metal that allegedly came from the bottom of a wedge-shaped craft in 1947 in New Mexico, and that uh, it wasn't big enough to throw it out of the possibility of an anomalous earth specimen, but it was 11% more magnesium 24 than our baseline uh, sample. And then he was subjecting the metal to various tests and he did one over and over again, and he found and gave me a graph that the uh, metal, the bismuth magnesium metal, emitted 60 times the amount of positive ions as the control. And that raised an interesting question that if this were a fabric from an extraterrestrial craft, why would the bottom be made to emit 60 times positive ions. Is that part of the cloaking device that we see them turn into clouds? That was the question. What? Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> what? Hi, Linda. We um, hope that they turn into the so clouds. The, tall the, shit, the cloaking device. Yeah, the reptilians. The device make them look like clouds. Where do you, what planets do you think the tall Nordics are from? And wow, are man, there good. any that you are aware of still living here on so you're Earth? A totally different realm. That's what Boy, I wish I had definitive answers. Back to your time? The only thing so I can tell you, I like to come in, into man. things through the lens of science <laughs> as much as reality. I can and then work out. Even thinking about. The most common source for blonde beings has always been through the literature, even going back 5,000 years, the Pleiades. When you go to an astronomer, they will say the Pleiades are young blue stars that they are only X percent of this what is, like is needed time. for them to fully On become mature. And if there were solar systems, there couldn't be life. That's the standard uh, astronomical description, <laughs> which doesn't mean that blondes coming from Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2 or out from the KIC star that I understand since Thursday has been getting darker and darker and darker. Have any of you heard this story? The, the kick star getting darker, darker, darker. 
wherever it is, wherever they might come from, there is this mythology on the planet that they came from the Pleiades. And there are other stories that Hitler was dealing with beings from Aldebaran. That's a whole other system. And the problem is, uh, oh, and then there's uh, Jerry Wills from Arizona, and he's the one who went to Peru, went through the rock door, seemed to go to another dimension where they told him that he came from a universe they had created in a lab there, it got out of control, and that they are amazed that there is this much life in the universe that they made. Um, he was told by a blonde that he interacted with when he was a boy, totally consciously, the, uh, this uh, being called itself Zozio, landed near his farm, uh, straightforwardly, uh, the Zo character wouldn't let him approach the craft, which when you go back to the 50s and 60s, you'll find a few cases where there was warning about approaching the craft. And today we know through all of the research at RAF Bentwaters that John Burroughs and these other men at RAF Bentwaters were probably exposed to terahertz frequencies that are defined in a investigation by the MOD called Unidentified Aerial Phenomena technical analysis that unidentified aerial phenomena, UAPs, emit these terahertz frequencies, and the words are in the report, that can manipulate human minds and damage human tissues. This microphone so if you go back in time to the 50s and 60s when, when she puts as her hand in this case, Zoe Jerry Wills about approaching the craft and then came back and got him, that there may have been blondes that have some real concern. They may have some genetic relationship to some of the bloodlines on Earth. But where any of these came come from, like the Zoe told Jerry, they were from Tau Ceti. Back in 1989, Forrest Crawford at the Eureka Ozark Conference brought a photograph that was supposed to have come from Carl Sagan, the astronomer's office at Cornell, who was working with Drake of the famous Drake equation about how many planets in the universe might have life. And he showed this as part of a case where allegedly a humanoid was interacting with some people and said that they were from Tau Ceti and that Carl Sagan and Drake had uh, this right. in an office someplace and was trying to crack the telepathic communication. Now, these are stories that come out there and people walk away because they seem too incredible. But if, they, if this is true, then Tau Ceti, which is very close, about 12 light years from Earth, Tau Ceti might be the source for the blondes. <laughs> she knows Go ahead. Distance. See that? It's your hand. I've been hearing a lot of great things about intentions with the benevolent extraterrestrials. And I'm starting to wonder also about the animal connection. And Native Americans had like, you know, totem poles. We have the reptilians and then the felines, and it's all kind of things we recognize that we have here on Earth. And we all have pets that we love. And I'm all 
questions about can they sense these things? Do they have any th any roles here with us? Yeah, so you know what talking about. The animals as what we have here as our companions. That the non-humans have made the animals here? No, because we rescued, you know, with Noah's Ark, we, there's a lot of concern with preserving all the life here on Earth and the diversity. We have pets as well, and a lot of humans, you know, have fur babies and are really connected I mean, to animals, and there's a lot of animal connections with the Native Americans. Like, do the normal animals here on Earth it's have any roles to play? Well, our development or guiding us in any way. If you start with what the CIA, DIA people have said, Earth is considered first and foremost a laboratory. Mm -hmm. If you start there, <laughs> then oh my God. experimentation oh. trumps survival oh, of anything that's made. Mm. Also more spiritual, <laughs> like how the Native Americans, you know, have... <laughs> animal totems and guide the totems stuff like that stuff like well that. you could say in the abduction syndrome when people have described i was out in my garden and i turned around and an owl was staring at me or a deer walked up and i had symbols in my head i don't know whether there so, is a, a blurring or a substantial meeting between, let's say, the human abduction syndrome and manipulation of minds by non-humans and Native Americans seeing qualities in animals and building totems to them without having any influence by the non-humans. It's an interesting question, but I just recently uh, was doing a week of work with ancient aliens on two completely different uh, projects. And one of them, I was in Taos with the crew, and the question was a specific area of granite mountains and an iron mountain where allegedly an object was found in the 20th century that is being described as extraterrestrial found in this iron mountain. And one of the things that we began discussing for this segment on ancient aliens was the Anasazi, the name from the stars, the Anasazi dominated this particular area going up and around Taos and out east and west and north. And one of the biggest mysteries is that for a very long time, maybe 5,000 years, the Anasazi built these beautiful, based on circles, See how she moved her hands. Places that they lived yeah, I mean, like, out on the flatlands. You know what I mean? This, this shit is, and then suddenly, between like 1230 and about 1250 to 1280, going back to that century of time, the Anasazi went from all of these beautiful hey. horizontal places <laughs> up into the cliffs. And archaeologists are so puzzled because there are places where these cliff dwellings are that you'd have to be, they think, you'd have to be an adult and you'd have to be doing this, sliding along a wall 
to get past a path that comes down like this. And so just on a common sense level, the archaeologists like say, he, how would you get children that that in and out? Mm-hmm. And that many of these places, there are some areas in those cliff dwellings, it's 150 feet from, and they didn't have 150 feet long ladders. Mm. How did they get from here to there to there and up? And the reason why this is very interesting is because archaeology, <laughs> archaeologists themselves are raising this question. Them. What happened time changed. <laughs> in 12, that 1200 century, the Anasazi that had been there for so long as people from the stars with making these beautiful geometric, uh, tracking the solstices and the equinoxes with the most elaborate slits and spirals where the light is just at Chaco Canyon is just brilliant. And they went up and the archaeologists say it seems to be a move of paranoia as if all of a sudden all of the tribes were terrified of something. And then by 1300 it was all over. And in history we just simply say the Anasazi disappeared. Where did they go? Were they lifted off by ETs? Well, there is a parallel to this that I've heard from somebody who worked for the CIA and retired. (laughs) And you have to take these facets that you get from people. I can't prove it, but this is very interesting and possibly (laughs) germane to the Anasazi mystery (laughs) because it's the Mayan mystery of disappearance. It is me. Stay your ass down when you're supposed to be. He recognized what the fuck deal is. That's what they should be. You've been lifted off by shit. Motherfuckers got up there and yeah, they come back scared. You you come back scared as shit like Moses did. Or your ass get wiped off the fucking planet. (laughs) Or wiped out of wherever the fuck you at. Because she described describing all kinds of fucking people. Our conference. And that it was that the last... I just wondered, I, I've heard things about particular 